Hello friends, it's friend here. Okay, so we have so far, we are in four, Genesis 4.17 is where we're going to pick up from today. And so far we've got the universe and we've got our two prototype, human and life, Adam and Eve. And they have left the garden by pulling the eject ripcord which is the forbidden fruit right they decide that they don't uh, need the paradise garden so much as they need to decide what they want to do um, for their own wisdom so okay if that's how you want it god will let you out the door uh you know i think you're more of a i think the idea is that you're a resident of the paradise garden by keeping the laws of God, which are really beautiful and simple. Be fruitful, multiply, do all the things that I do. I'm, you're made in my image. Create things, grow things, tend to the garden, make it wonderful, spend all day with your family and your friends, and this is all going to be great. Oh, you want to leave? Okay, well, there's the doorknob. You got to pull that you got to pull that fruit and then you'll just be swept out. You're not a captive. You're a resident, but residents have rules. You know, we need some guardrails. And, and if he says, don't drink the Drano that's under the sink, I built the whole house for you because I love you. Just like a parent would prepare a whole house in the garden and the yard and the, the, I don't know, the swimming pool maybe and the, the car seats and the high chairs, all of that is for the kids because the parents love the kids. But they do have to say, don't go in the pool without me. Don't drink the Drano under the sink, right? Like there's, there's got to be some, some boundaries here. So some expectations, some limits just to be able to function in the world, right? That's obvious. So if you want to go around those, then now we have chaos in the middle of my good ordered garden and you're gonna have to go. You can't, you can't bring your anarchy, uh, you can't be the boss here. I have to be the boss here because I know everything and you don't. <laughs> I can make whole, whole universes and you cannot. So um, if you want to do it by yourself, all right, I'm not sure that's going to be super fun for you, but you're welcome to it. Go ahead, let's go, let's go ahead and go on out of the garden. <laughs> Get out there and see how that goes. How's that working for you? Oh, bad. Oh, ouch. Okay, well, shoot. <laughs> now what? And don't worry, God's made a rescue plan for all of this. And we're about to come to the first part of this rescue plan, which will be the line of Shem that leads to Noah. But before that, we have this horrible detour through the beginnings of civilization, starting with Cain and Abel, who has a brief uh, time on the stage here. He's got just a little cameo appearance. Um, and then Cain is, he's the first real human, right, that lives outside of the Paradise Garden, just in regular old planet Earth, um, born of regular old parents, um, whereas Adam and Eve were born from God. Uh, I mean, straight from God, like a whole different scenario, right? And then we've got um, Cain was angry at having to be his 
brother's keeper over having to babysit and support and look after his brother Abel because Abel was busy doing what God told him to do, which was um, keep this keep the livestock even though they can't eat it, and they don't they haven't been been given any directions for sacrifice animal sacrifice or anything yet. So um, Abel's just doing it because God said these are domestic animals. There's wild animals that. I'll take care of, and there's domestic animals that I want you to take care of, and um, Abel is doing that with no um, no perceived reward in the future, just because he loves God. He says, "Okay, I'll do that," and Cain says, "Screw you! <laughs> I don't want to support you. God, you you make me want to do all the work around here. Come on!" And he kills Abel, and now Cain has been uh, exiled from. God's presence, just like uh, his parents were. Uh, I, I guess not from his presence, because God is present everywhere, but it's uh, from close, friendly relations, yes. God put a mark on Cain to protect him, because vengeance belongs to God, not any people that come upon him, so he doesn't want anyone else killing Cain. Uh, he'll deal with Cain. So he puts this mark of protection on Cain. But now uh, Cain is out wandering um, away from the presence and he goes and settles in the land of Nod, which means to wander east of Eden. So east of east would, so east represents where the sun comes up, right? So um, that's the new dawn. That's where God's always describing the, the good things that he brings for us. And um, it's the, the light that comes after the darkness. But he's going east of there, which means he's before the sunrise is how I take that. He's, he goes back into the darkness before the dawn of, e of Eden. So um, now, 417. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. So, like we said in the last chapter, uh, Cain, the, the name Cain in Hebrew means something like a spear maker, a, a weapons smith. So he's a weapons maker, right? Um, and Enoch means dedicated. So, and he built a city and named it Enoch after his son Enoch. So all of our heroes in the Bible, first of all, are gonna name things when they when they do something grand and, and make, even if it's just a, it doesn't have to be grand. When they have a, a monumental experience in their life, they, they recognize God in it by building an altar right there. So whether that's just a little pile of rocks that they put some oil on like Jacob does, that's an altar. Noah builds an altar. Everybody builds an altar to God. But just, this is the precursor to the Tower of Babel. So he's going to build a city named Enoch, which is a, a, a memorial not to God, but to Cain's son, which is very human, and it's the son of a weapons maker. So this is going in the wrong direction already. And when we see cities in the Bible, it's like an area of concentrated 
human life and um, mentality. So different different cities have different mentalities, right? Like which are just made up as like this hive mind almost of the of the presiding um, mentality of the the people who live there. So if I say the city of San Francisco, you get a whole download right away. It's an archetypal city. It means like you you have all sorts of thoughts that are quite accurate about what, not entirely, but generally speaking, about what San Francisco values. Sexual freedom and uh, sort of not very many rules also very beautiful but that's right now 150 years ago it would have been it would have represented a people who had bravely gone all the way across America in really difficult conditions to to rush to this gold right they're they're looking for gold um so anyway so San Francisco means one thing as, as a city if I say Washington DC that brings a whole nother um, mentality right so you've got a whole different set of uh, fashion <laughs> uh, you've got a whole different sense of um, behaviors like of focus that they're politically minded they're achievement oriented they're um, they're they're the rulers of the world really because America is the capital of the world so what I'm getting at is different cities have different mentalities and um, that's what is represented here you've got this weapons maker who has devoted this um, dedicated Enoch means dedicated to himself to his own propagation because it's his son that that symbolizes Cain's own propagation right his own future and his continuance um and so we've got this city devoted to this weapons maker shoot that's terrible <laughs> although i mean let's be real america is the the largest weapons uh, manufacturer in the world but if which is okay if you use it for protection so a lot of these things that are in the beginning of civilization can go either way uh, weapons are technology. Technology can be used for good or bad. Weapons can be used to defend or offend. Um, cities can be used as wonderful places of growth and inspiration and, and forward movement and all sorts of good things. Or it can be total chaos and, and dangerous. And so you get the idea. So um, this is what's going on here. And... Uh, this is what Adam and Eve, remember, they're still alive at this point, so they're watching uh, their children create this world, which I don't know how they might feel about that if, if they've kind of already um, gained a little remorse about, like, oh, we should have never gone off God's path while they're watching this, or if they're like, oh, these are my children, I love everything they do, regardless of how awful it is, but because they're mine, I love it. Uh, it it's an interesting thing to think about, right? It doesn't tell us anything about that in, in the story at all, but it is an interesting sort of feature to open up and, and ponder in prayer about what 
Adam and Eve might have made of all this. So uh, Cain knew his wife, and he bore Enoch and named a city after Enoch, after his son. To Enoch was born. So now we have one of these wonderful beginnings. So this is where you start to get a lot of names in the Bible, these long genealogies. And they're kind of painful unless you open up the names and look at what they're talking about. Um, all of the names in Hebrew have very specific meanings, not like um, some of our names, which are more like, uh, some of them have very specific meanings and some of them are just sounds, sound pretty, don't really have much meaning. All biblical names are like um, a little subheading unto themselves, really. Uh, if they expanded on every name of a person or a location, you'd have the Bible, I think, would be like twice as thick, <laughs> but it's, it, they're fascinating rabbit holes to go down. And if I, once I started going down those rabbit holes and opening up those little gifts of like, what's in these names, I understood God in a whole new way. I will spare you all of that and just give you the highlights. Um, but uh, when you have all these names, I think partly God, it's the same reason that we keep photo albums, either in paper form of a book or on our computers. We love to just go and look through them and look at the people and their names and talk about who they were and what they did. And that's the exact same thing here. God made every single one of these people and he wants the best for them. And he's just got to watch and cringe <laughs> and see what they do with this amazing free will that he gave us but um this is what these genealogies represent is just that he's just flipping through the human photo album right so the family photo album to enoch was born ired and ired was the father of meheliuel and meheliuel the father of methuselah and methuselah the father of lamech okay so lamech is um, his name means uh, something that is brought low or is used to bring low, is used to bring humiliation, not humility, humiliation. Um, it's, it's an ugliness. So we're going downhill real fast. As soon as we leave the garden, it all just goes downhill. Um, Lamech took two wives. So did God give Adam two wives? No, he gave him one wife. Uh, so already Lamech is greedy and he's doing things out of God's good order. Um, and you'll see other people in the Bible, good people like David take multiple wives, but that's sort of a different situation because they're anointed, and it's a whole different thing. But um, this, and it, uh, and even then, it doesn't really go that well. But this is a whole different situation. Lamech's just stomping around, being rude and greedy and naughty and, and awful. So Lamech took two wives. The name of one was Ada, and her name means ornament. So I can think of her like a trophy wife, maybe, like she's really pretty. She's an ornament that he hangs on his arm. And the other was named Zilla. And Zilla means dark shadow. Ooh. 
<laughs> That's kind of spooky. Dark shadow. Ada, ornament, the beautiful thing, bore Jabel. And Jabel was the ancestor of those who lived in tents and have livestock. So this is your economy, right? You need housing and you need food. And those things make an economy. And those are good things. We need housing and food, obviously. Um, even though they're not able to eat food yet, they still have the livestock. So it's in there. Like, um, the potential is there. But they're still just keeping livestock because God gave them livestock to take care of and um, they're doing that um, and then his brother's name was Jubal and he was the ancestor of all those who played the lyre and the pipe so again this can be neutral you can have music to worship God you can have cities to worship God you can have houses and and uh, and stewardship to worship God, or you can have um, cities that are terrible and devoted to to weapons makers and, and strife, or you can have um, music that degrades people, women, uh, makes relationships into hookups, makes it takes just takes all the sweetness and fullness out of life and just thrashes it. Um, and so these things are very neutral, and you've got to see which one, which way they're going to go. His brother, uh, verse 21, his brother's name was Jubal. Oh, he was the, played the lyre and pipe. And also, this is the first thing we have. We uh, Music is the first thing that we have after the very basics of, um, well, I wouldn't say food. Livestock is not food at this point, but after community, caring for those that don't have a voice and can't care for themselves but are dependent on you um and then um housing you the very first thing you have is music which is beautiful that's a beautiful idea but uh 22 zilla the dark shadow bore tubal cain and tubal cain is like an extension of cain but it's it, the name means something like world government. So the dark shadow bore this world government who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. So you have technology, which can be a wonderful thing or an awful thing, right? And um, bronze and iron tools. But since it's Cain and he is the spear holder, then that's probably going to be more weapons, right? So this is going not great, but the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama, and Nama means pleasant. Isn't that fun? So right in the middle, I think what God is trying to tell us here is that He sees everything, and He sees in the middle of all this ugliness, He sees that there are still little girls that are pleasant women who are pleasant people who are doing good things um, making tents and 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 taking care of this livestock they, he sees the good and the ugly I think is what he's trying to tell us here and 
verse 23, Lamech said to his wives, and do, if you're looking at your own Bible, you can see how this is kind of indented here. That says that it's like a little poetry piece, like a tiny little Hebrew poetry. It's like a little ditty that he sings to them almost. And it, it says, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is avenged 70-fold, truly Lamech 77-fold. Whoa. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so, mm, full disclosure, uh, this was my first husband. <laughs> He was just like this. He would, um, this is why I don't have Instagram or Facebook or any kind of online presence because he's like this and uh, he's a very dangerous and scary person and he would threaten my life all the time. Uh, and well, I'll spare you the gory details, but um, these people exist, right? They're, they're not that uncommon at all, unfortunately. So, Ada, ornament, good stuff. Uh, Zilla, dark shadow, not great. Everybody, hear me. You wives of Lamech, the lowly, the, the disturbed, the ugly, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me. I have, I have taken vengeance to a whole new level. This a young man for striking me. So I think this is where we get later. God's going to start making laws that kind of are course correctors for all this bad behavior that we see up here. And part of that is going to be an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You need an equal um, punishment, not one that totally outweighs what's just happened. So uh, if you strike me, I'll strike you back, maybe, but I'm not going to kill you for it. That's not a thing. Um, and a young man for striking me, even if you're younger. So he sh he's the older one here. He should be the voice of reason. He should be the adult in the room, and he's not. He's the two-year-old in the room. If you touch my toy, I'm going to wail on you. <laughs> That's a two-year-old's behavior. They don't know any better yet. He should know better. Um, so it's it's very ugly and threatening, and that's who he is. Um, if Cain is avenged sevenfold, so God put the mark of Cain of protection that he's going to judge him, nobody else. Um, so everybody else hands off. He's mine. Don't worry. He'll get what he's what he's uh, he'll reap what he's sowed. But that's mine. Uh, truly Lamech 77 fold. So he looks at this um, protection and mercy that God has put on Cain and and exploits it for his own um, purposes. He, he's going to blow that up out of the water, which is really, really disgusting to take this mercy and just trample out, own it, like try to claim it as yours by rights instead of by mercy and um, try to trample on it. 25. Adam knew his wife again. Okay, so Adam and Eve are like, uh. And obviously they've made a lot of kids in here. Like they live like 900 years. You can pump out a lot of kids in 900 years. So this is where all the people 
uh, we presume from the uh, the cities and whatnot are coming from. It's a little gross. It gets less gross later. You know, whatever you got to do, you got to work with what you've got to start, right? So, <laughs> uh, but we're all connected, right? We're all we're all uh, from the same genetic tree. Um, and scientists are proving that now, which I think is really interesting. Uh, so what am I saying here? Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For she said, so this is different than what she said before, where I made a, a, a child with God's help. She says, God has appointed for me. She gets it now. God's the one who gives for me, another child instead of Abel because Cain killed him. So she gets this, I don't know, consolation prize, I guess, of Seth, which is a really sad thing to have to have to lose one child um, to get another, but, but she does. And Seth is a wonderful consolation prize. His name means comfort. Um, and uh, so Seth... Also, to Seth also was born a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to, voke, to invoke the name of the Lord. Um, so I think we'll stop there and kind of like pick up right there again next time because this is getting really long. But um, this is a whole turning point in the story. So Cain and Abel are are doing what they're doing and Cain has this one line that's going gangbusters and now Seth is going to come and uh, kind of like Nama the pleasant one into this ugliness and and it's going to be a little seed that can get started in a new way so um, we'll stop there for today <laughs>